Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership Through Crisis series, where we will connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important questions to help us navigate through rough waters. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Today, we are speaking with Grant Aldrich. After graduating college with an overwhelming amount of debt, he was determined to change how students embark on their college education. Grant has spent his entire career working in startups with nearly 15 years of experience and two prior exits to a publicly traded company. He has been a board member and donor to a number of nonprofits, an advisor to many publicly traded companies, and a guest speaker at seminars and graduate school courses. Grant graduated with honors from the University of California, Irvine, with a degree in economics. Welcome, Grant Aldridge. How are you? I'm good, Lily. How are you? I'm great considering all that's happening, but we're so happy to have you on our podcast. Are you ready to pour into our listeners? I am. Thank you for having me, really. Awesome. All right. So, Grant, tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. I'll start actually at the end of that question. I'm on a mission to make college more affordable and accessible for everyone. And that that was quite a journey in and of itself to get where I am and to where I'm at now. And so I look at leadership not only as an organization, but also being an example for everyone to follow in terms of innovating and doing the right things. So really my story starts in the fact that in my prior life of what I was doing, I was very unhappy with the mission and you know what I would get up for work every day to do. I've always been in startups, but I was in this world working pharmaceuticals kind of in that industry and there's nothing wrong with that but you know you don't get up out of bed every morning and skip to work making pharma companies money <laughs> right, right, right. so you know I was very unhappy after that uh, I exited a couple prior startups and I was really asking myself you know what do I want to do with my life what's going to make me fulfilled and happy mm-hmm. and I kept coming back to education um, I think for a few reasons one was that my family are all educators. So, you know, growing up with that at the dinner table, I would always hear about conversation topics about the importance of education and certain challenges that educators face. And in addition to that, I left college with an incredible amount of debt. Huh. Yes. I was affected by that. And I, I know what the process is like. And mind you, I left with a lot of debt and seemingly made all the right choices. I came into college basically as a sophomore from AP exams and dual enrollment courses. They didn't call it that at the time, but that's basically what it was. And I chose a state school. You know, I went to UC Irvine and, you know, again, tried to really to mitigate the cost because my family wasn't for money. And it was still 
a huge amount that I only paid off in my late 20s. So I think both of those things really drove me to education. And so I really only started with the mission. Let's make college affordable for everybody. And it really went from there. Well, I love that mission and it's very <laughs> in my face because I have a teenager and he's going through that process. So this is really important. So tell us about your company and where can we find you? Oh, absolutely. So the project is onlinedegree.com mm -hmm. and I'll explain the gist of it. The gist is that everyone can go online, get started in 60 seconds without entrance exams, interviews, or anything like that, and immediately start taking college level courses to receive credit towards their degree. And in addition to getting support resources and additional discounts that we organize for our students at various universities across the country, and we do it all for free. What? Yeah. Okay, how does that happen? I'm very curious. Oh, thank you. It's almost like a modern alternative to the junior right. college system or right. the community college system. Well, you know, when I was looking at the problem, how do we do it? Kind of how I looked at the problem is important on how I figured this out was that I saw that the real issue, well, actually, I'm sorry, let me take a step back just to make sure all the listeners are aware of this. There's estimated to be about 35 to 40 million adults who are looking to upskill or get a degree, but have not taking that first step to get higher education, whatever that is. And it's becoming a larger problem. I know you've probably seen from the news that higher education numbers are dropping. And I looked at that problem and I really studied it to understand what's going on. And for me, the way that I look at that is because the problem is fewfold. For a working adult, we have to overcome certain impediments, one of which is cost. So for a working adult, they're not going to just jump into a very expensive decision lightly because obviously as adults, we understand that we're going to be responsible for all these costs and we have to work hard and whatnot. And then there's obviously the physical aspects and the impediments to that. I have a job or I've got responsibilities. I can't leave work three times a week to go to a course at 2 p.m. at my local right. community college. Right. And then finally is the psychological and I think the most critical impediment, which is for working adult, I think we have a lot of fears that we don't always admit that prevent us from doing things. And one of which is, you know, can I be successful in an online format? Will I be successful in school? Am I going to feel weird being the old guy in the classroom when I go back to school? You know, all these things that are really unfounded because I think most people don't realize that education's drastically changed since we were all in school. So I looked at that problem. I said, you know, we have to have a platform where someone can wade into the pool and, you know, prove to themselves they've got the time management, prove to themselves they've got the acumen to be successful, that they are interested in learning again and really enjoy it. And of course, removing the financial portions of it as well. It had to be free. As you know, if you make it free in this world, and if you dispense with the traditional tuition model, how on earth can you possibly pay for all of this? So it really then got onto a quest to say, okay, if it's going to be free, it has to be free for the consumer. How do we pay for it? And the model that I basically worked out is that we're completely supported through sponsorship by participating universities. And what not everybody understands is that universities get an immense benefit from this platform as well. So the benefit to the consumer is probably intuitive. They can save an incredible amount of time and money to get back to school. But for the universities, not everyone understands that universities have a big problem as well and that they need better students. They need students who are going to finish their program, 
students they don't need to invest as much money in with you know new acclimation programs to understand how to learn online and whatnot. So we serve a really great purpose in that as students progress through the platform, they're making themselves better candidates for the schools. And they know how to use an LMS or modern learning management system. They've proven they have the time management to be successful. All these great things. And so we're completely university supported. I imagine that there's an uptick in this. At the point of this interview, we're experiencing the global pandemic of COVID, or we're hopefully on the tail end, don't know. How has that affected the organization? How has that affected you, your family? Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, very much. You know, for me and my family, I joke that I've got three small children under three and a half. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. And I, there's no twins in there. My wife actually and I knowingly did that. Okay. We love it. But I've been joking that, you know, it was chaotic and sleepless before COVID and it still is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not as much has changed in our lives personally, thank God. And we haven't had a family member or friend who's been killed or, you know, mm -hmm. anything like that. From a professional standpoint, we consistently are breaking traffic records every single day. And I think because now in this time, one of the realities about higher education is that it's countercyclical. And now that people have been losing their jobs or are reconsidering their work because they live in fear of losing their jobs, they're unhappy about it. And it's providing that impetus to take that first step and, hey, why don't I go and maybe look at these options? And our platform is really the best way to do that because rather than saying, oh, I've got to choose and jump into a school right now, I can go in, get my feet wet and start going towards my degree, save a lot of money. And I'm taking that conscious step towards that goal. Perfect. And it's something that people need right now. So thank you so much for that. Now, what advice, resources, or quotes have helped you during this crisis? Well, you know, one thing is that I'm very thankful for the fact that, you know, with so many people who've lost their jobs or whose livelihoods are at risk, that, you know, we aren't seeing that. And the only solace that I take in that is that, our organization will help so many of those people be able to get back on their feet or on a new pathway. Yes, for sure. So things have been incredibly busy for us to try to meet the demand and to accommodate students. So we've had to staff up a lot more customer support and all these things. And of course, it's necessitated that I spend a lot more time away from family. And one of the things that I kind of the ethos that I live by is I have a letter up on my wall with a photo of my family. And when I approach my day, I'm very big on work and life balance. I always ask myself, is the task or what I'm working on worth it not spending those moments with my family? Which is a dramatic way to frame your day and your time because it really helps you hone in on the most important things and make sure you're really working on things that are important. Because mm -hmm. you've seen this too, as a leader, one of the things that always happens is that you're constantly distracted and lured into all kinds of decisions and projects and pathways and things that eat up your time. And, you know, because you want to be successful and you want to provide good service for, you know, whoever that is, you find the tendency that you go down those rabbit holes. Right. And unfortunately, that's at the detriment of other things in your life. And I just didn't want to do that. And so to stay focused, I always ask myself that. It's one of the greatest things I've actually ever done is to have that letter you know, right above my wall. That's pretty wise. Time is important. So we're on the internet a lot and there are a lot of notifications that come at us as well. And so keeping super focused is very important. So thank you for that. 
Hey leaders, stay tuned for the rest of the interview following this brief message. If you want to find, claim, develop, and expand your voice in order to land that job, those clients, or that partner, then Master Your Swag podcast is for you. You don't have to have expert credentials to be featured, and you can select from several plans that can perfectly match your needs. Go to MasterYourSwag.com and claim your spot as a guest and be ready to get noticed. That's MasterYourSwag.com. Now, many use the term lifelong learner. What does that mean to you and what are you learning right now? I look at that as curiosity and the drive to always be better because for me, I consider myself a lifelong learner. And I think the root of that is my curiosity about all kinds of things. And I want to know more. And then two, that I always want to be improving myself. That's how I look at that. And I think if you have those things, or if you don't, a way to perhaps get in the right mindset that you should, is that I really like to think of myself at the very end, right? When you're on your deathbed, right? And this may seem a little dark, I would preface, but when you're at your deathbed and you're thinking, you know, what am I going to be the most happy about? This is a very personal question, of course, that everyone has to ask themselves. But when I ask myself that question, I would love to look back and say, I learned it all. I explored everything. I feel like I really reached enlightenment on all of these things. There was nothing I was ignorant about. Will I get there? I don't know. But that's what I'd like to say to myself. And so that's the way I look at lifelong learning. I mean, it seems like legacy is important to you, too. It is actually, that was a very good inference. You're right. I would like to bestow as much of this on my children. And I think about it often on life lessons, you know, the key tenets of happiness, things like that. Correct. Great. Thank you. Now, Grant, when you think of leadership today, what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? You know, what most concerns me is the lack of inter- personal communication in the newest generations. And I say that very carefully because I definitely don't want to be someone who says, oh, all technology, you know, the things these kids do these days is all bad. It's not. And I think that in one sense, you have to be completely prepared and embrace the rapid change that technology is going to bring from here on out. And I pride myself that I'm going to be changing until the very last day. However, I do think that that always does come with some drawbacks. And one of the drawbacks that we've seen with social media and all communication being online is that many people in the younger generations, they do lack personal communication and skills. And ultimately, I think leadership is about that at its core. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that those things are completely diametrically opposed, but it seems like that's been what the case is. And I think that if I was talking to my children, let's say 10 years from now, and they may be moving into leadership roles, I would tell them that, look, one of the things that you have to do is be able to not lose your insights into humans and human nature and human touch and interaction and still embrace these technologies. That's my concern. And what are you most hopeful about? In terms of leadership, what I am most hopeful about is that you know, a lot of technology allows you to project that leadership if it's done well to so many people. You know, if you think back, you know, 60 years ago, you know, leaders may have only been able to speak to people at their plant or, you know, in one classroom. 
them. Mm -hmm. But the beauty of that now is that if you truly are a good leader, that message can be amplified literally to almost every human being on the planet. That's right. You can absolutely influence a lot more people if you do it well. Part of what we're doing is influencing people about leadership through these conversations. So I really appreciate that. Now, we have a new segment in which leaders ask leaders questions. And Janice Janowski has a question for you. What does the future look like to you in a low contact environment? <sighs> you know, well, Janine, I hope we really don't get to this, actually. I'm, the way that I hope in what this future will hold is that we're not going to live in fear of these types of events. I'm hoping that we're able to transcend the fear around this and to not come out of this avoiding shaking hands or meeting people at the park or all of these different things. That's my hope. Mm -hmm. Now that said, I think that it's hard to argue that this will have an effect on people for probably a generation. I think back to my grandmother talking to me about the Great Depression and how that really changed a whole generation of people that were never able to remove it from their psyche. So I think that there are some good things that are going to come out of this. One good thing, of course, is the adoption of online mediums. I think that, you know, right now we're using Zoom and most people had never used Zoom or video conferencing or all these things. And it's been excellent. And, you know, I use it all the time. I'm really big about remote work, but I think that's one of the good things that will come after it. But I'm still very hopeful that over time people will begin to hug each other again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not only adopting more technology, we're adopting more pets, I hear. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> cool. You know, it's loathsome out there, you know, quarantine. <laughs> yes, yes, we, we are. What is it? Um, Velcro pet owners now. It used to be the other way around. My dog is a Velcro dog where she's just everywhere I am. And now yeah. I'm just like, come here, I need to hug you. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. So Grant, as a listener of this podcast, what is a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to? Ooh, that's a good one. What would be some strategies that in decentralizing education that people could employ to be better lifelong learners? In other words, let's say for education as a whole, whether we're talking about education for children or whether we're adults, what are some things that you would ideally want a perfect world that would decentralize information to help people become lifelong learners? That's a big ass question. I know it is a really big question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to throw that bomb there and there's, you know, the poor, the poor person that has to answer that oh, question. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then I would ask, you know, whatever your respective segment of education is, what has been fundamentally wrong the last hundred years and fundamentally wrong the last five years, you know, giving a big picture of what's been wrong up till now. And then what now is immediately the problem. That now is a down a little quite a bit. So I appreciate that. So Grant, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, if anyone would like to follow the project, you know, whether or not it could be helpful in their own personal lives, but just to kind of keep up with what we're doing, it's onlinedegree.com. 
And I also am very active on LinkedIn. So if anyone wants to go on the LinkedIn, they can search my name, Grant Aldrich, or the site. It's Grant, G-R-A-N-T, and Aldrich, A-L-D-R-I-C-H. Well, Grant, I want to thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. Look, thank you very much for having me. I really, it's been an honor to be here. Have a great day. You as well. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.